Well, good day, everybody, and welcome back to the extras. My name is Sam. And I'm Jack. It's good to be with you here uh, on uh, online on Zoom with Jack and uh, and with you guys on our podcast. Um, it's been a been an interesting couple of weeks, Jack. We sort of shifted everything online. We did our first Easter online last weekend. Uh, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about your Easter. Yeah, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Uh, it was a joy to get to. Uh, to meet together with God's people in some way as we had Zoom services on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. One of the things that I really loved out of that was normally night church and afternoon church don't meet on Good Friday. It's not something we mm. but we got to have meetings with all our congregations on Good Friday. So it was lovely to get to, I was there on the, on the evening of Good Friday getting to join in with, with God's people. We, we shared in the Lord's Supper uh, on Friday night and that was a a wonderful company thing to do to get to remember just the, the glories of Jesus' death for us and the blood he spilled. Mm. Yeah, that was a, a great day on Good Friday. Yeah, it was great. It was great over the over both services really too. And, and Easter is always like this, a, an opportunity to uh, just remember the cross of Christ and uh, really helpful with you to, to look at um, John chapter 10 and, and Jesus as the good shepherd and, who, who lays down his life for the sheep. That, that was just a huge encouragement. And then uh, to remember the resurrection of Jesus on uh, on Easter Sunday and uh, the great hope that we have because Jesus is alive. And uh, yeah, very, very cool weekend. So hope you guys out there had a uh, had a good Easter as well. And um, we're going we're gonna to spend some time on the podcast today really answering sort of, well, we've got two questions to, to tackle, but there's sort of one question, uh, Jack, in terms of uh, thinking through resurrection. And we, we, we sort of feel like it's a really uh, crucial question that, that two people have, have texted in and uh, we want to take some time today to um yeah get, get our head around it but do you want to take us to the questions absolutely yeah so i'll read them both out uh to start with them i'll chat them through after so mm. first question i just wanted to clarify sam's comments on sunday but once we die we will remain in the grave until we are called out so this was particularly picking up you were uh, talking about jesus said to lazarus you know come out of the grave in the same way we're all waiting for that resurrection mm. the question is how does this match up with Jesus' comment to the thief on the cross, that tonight you will be with me in paradise. Yeah, nice. Second question is, uh, on a similar line, uh, when we die, our souls transcend into heaven immediately, then how would God also call us out of our graves for us to be resurrected? Mm. So both these questions I've been getting at, this this tension we see, on the one hand, uh, uh, we get this, this picture, Luke chapter 23, we read Jesus' words, he says the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm. And yet, uh, you told us on Sunday that uh, we're all going to be waiting for the day when Jesus calls us out of the grave. You know, Am I going to yeah. be in heaven or in the grave? I guess that's the question. Yeah, and, and that's a good question, isn't it? A good thing to wrestle with, um, which, uh, yeah, so, so we're, we're going to try and do that today and uh, and get our, get our head around. We're going to take you to a couple of um, verses around the Bible that we, we want to work out how to, I guess... Um, hold intention with each other and, and make sense of, uh, of of what is going on. But I think this is really, really important because it gets us to the heart of what our hope is and we make sure that our hope is set on uh, what Scripture says rather than perhaps what culture says to us. And, and I think sometimes there's a bit of blurriness in, in our thinking about these things because we've seen a lot of movies and we've seen a lot of cartoons that have kind of the idea of going to heaven like a ghost. And yeah, we want to make sure that we've got a, a robustly biblical hope. Um, so these are good questions to be tackling, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've got a few different things to say, a few passages to look at, and I'm excited. I think this is going to be a helpful look at a really big question. I mean, the question really is, what happens to me when I die? Mm. There's a few questions that are as big as that, hey? 
Absolutely, and uh, and I guess theologically here, like here's, here's a cool word that you can chuck around. We're in the in the realm of what what we call personal eschatology. Um, so eschatology means um, thinking about the the end times, uh, the, the things of the end. Um, and particularly thinking, and there's lots of ways you can do that. You can think about the world, you can think about heaven and hell and those kind of things. But we're thinking about what happens to a, an individual human being um, at the end. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the sort of theological realm that we're in. Um, so where do we begin? Um, I guess part of it is we, we want to try and think through from, from first principles uh, what it means to be a person. What, what is the nature of our personhood? Um, and, uh, and I guess part of that is, is understanding that, that key to being a human means to have a body. That's right, yeah. Uh, I have a body and you have a body, Sam, and everyone listening does. Mm. Uh, you're a, you know, a scientific, uh, materialist, atheist, like lots of people around us are, then that's the extent of what you think a human being is. Mm. You know, a human being is just uh, a skeleton with some muscles and a brain telling it what to do. Mm. The picture the Bible gives us is more than that, though. Mm. Uh, the picture the Bible gives us is that we're not just a body, we're also a soul. So one place you could look at in the Bible and see that kind of distinction, in Matthew 10, verse 28, Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Mm. I mean, that's a, a pretty uh, significant uh, verse about judgment but one of the things Jesus assumes in that verse is that a human being has both a body and a soul and there's a distinction there about you know one one can be killed by people but you know souls can't be touched by human beings you know there's, there's lots to say there but for our purposes uh, you and I and everyone listening we have bodies and we have souls mm. there's a physical component to us and there's a spiritual component to us yeah uh, yeah Yep, no, that's helpful. So, um, so that's a, that's a good starting point, and and I guess one of the things now, most people will be like, yep, okay, I'm good, I'm with you at that point. Um, I understand what what Jesus is saying there in Matthew's gospel. Um, one of the things is then what happens um, when when a human being dies, um, and I think sometimes this is where sometimes we fall into error at this point in that. Um, we're tempted to think that the bodily part of us is finished, that's all done and dusted, um, but the spiritual side of us, uh, perhaps our soul, goes into heaven and that's the end of the story. Um, and, and so of that sort of two-part uh, human being, that the body and the soul, we, we would argue that, or we, we would sometimes mistakenly argue that that the sort of spiritual side is, is the good side, Jesus has saved that and that'll go uh, to heaven. The bodily side, that's the bad side and that just kind of is left behind and, and that's it um, um, but I don't think that, that that's the that gives us the full picture of what the scripture is teaching here and I think that's part of what I was angling at on, on Sunday which is understanding how key bodily resurrection is um, in the whole thing uh, that we don't we don't see the body as a bad thing um, that, that it gets left behind uh, we see the body as a good thing that will be resurrected and uh, and Jesus own resurrection um, is sort of a a stamp of approval um, on bodily existence that Jesus did not take on human flesh then die for sin and then leave his human body behind he, he took on flesh died for sin and then was raised bodily and taken bodily into glory um, ascends with his body um, which I think gives us a sense of of what our future uh, expectation of, of being is that that we also will be raised um, and, and that's a good thing to have a body is is a good thing yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's part of recognizing 
that the God is the creator and what God does is good. So if you have a look at a verse like 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4, it says, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. And in that verse, he's in the context of talking about, you know, food and, and, and very kind of physical, normal, bodily human realities. All that stuff that God made is, is good. And you see, you know, Genesis 1 as well. God made the world, and at every point, everything he makes, he says it's good. Uh, to think that physical matter is somehow inferior, and really what we're hoping for is, you know, escaping the, the physical prisons of our bodies, that's to, to reject the idea that God is the one who has made this world good. I mean, it's more to say, and we're going to get to it later, that this creation is also, uh, you know, cursed and there, there's problems here. But the fundamental reality is that God made this world, created matter is good. Mm. And the fact that Jesus was raised to life again, and as you said, with a real physical body, shows us that physical reality is good and it's here to stay because Jesus is going to have that body forever. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that then gets us, so that's a bit of background in terms of what is the nature of a human being. Um, we, we want to then get onto well, then what happens when a human being dies? What happens when I die? Uh, what's going to happen to my body, and therefore, what's going to happen to my soul? And this is probably where we can start to move towards answering our question a little bit here. Um, yeah, because we, we we want to look at the, the uh, what Scripture says about both sides of things. So, uh, where where do we want to start with this? Yeah, I mean, it's probably helpful to point out uh, even in the questions we were asked. Part of the I think tension is you you. We tend to locate our our primary kind of you know existence and our consciousness everything in the the spiritual side. So we naturally ask, well, if Jesus says I'm going to be in paradise with Him as soon as I die, hmm. then my body's in the ground, and that's not where I am. In what sense am I waiting to be called out of the grave? Hmm. I think we have to, yeah, like we've been saying, you know, major more on the physical because it is important. Hmm. Really, the question: What happens to me when I die? There are two answers because there are two parts of you. Mm. So when you die, your physical body is going to be buried or cremated or you know lost at sea, whatever else happens to happen. And your soul is going to, if you trust in Christ and you're one of his people, then you're going to go home to be with Jesus. Mm. A really helpful image you get in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul, he gives you this image of the tent, like our body is this earthly dwelling this tent that we're hanging out in for now. And a tent is temporary. That's part of what he's saying. You know, we're not going to be in this this body uh, uh, for, you know, indefinitely because there's a day when we're going to die. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8, he talks about uh, he, he wants to be with Jesus. And the way he says it is, I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So you can see that his understanding of what physical death is going to be is he, he will be away from his body, his body's going to be in the ground, wherever it is, his soul is going to be at home with Jesus. Mm. But he acknowledges there there's this, there's this, there's this distinction. There's, there's two answers. There's, mm. uh, yeah, your body's going to be in the ground, you are going to be with Jesus. But mm. uh, there's, that's not the final state that we're, we're waiting for either. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And that, that sort of, um, I guess he's capturing up what, what happens in the, the story of the thief on the cross, isn't he? Jesus is saying, today you'll be with me in paradise. Your, your body will, might remain here on a cross until it's taken down and buried or whatever happened to it. Um, but, but you, your soul, um, will be with Jesus in, in paradise. Um, um, and, and now, for many people, that's where they sort of leave, leave the discussion. Um, we sort of stop at that point. Um, but it is interesting that in the, in the 2 Corinthians passage you took us to there, Jack, uh, there's a there's a, a hint I think of um, Paul's dissatisfaction with that. It, it's still being 
away from the body. It is home with the Lord, but um, that's not the end of, of, of the story in that, that Paul is still looking forward to a time when he'll be reunited with his resurrected body. And, and so the, the disembodied sort of time between his death and the return of Jesus is not the ultimate hope for the Christian. It's a good thing. In fact, Jesus calls it paradise in, in uh, the, the story of the thief on the cross. Um, but it's not the ultimate sort of destination. Um, and I guess that's sort of captured up a little bit. Um, if you come to, to 1 Thessalonians 4, this is another passage that I think is helpful for us as we, um, as we think this question through. So you pick it up in, uh, in I'll, I'll read a bit from, from verse uh, 13 in, in 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, we, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. And I think it's um, just talking about those who are dead, I think. Um, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him, that is, those who've died. Uh, According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Um, And and so I I think what what Paul's saying, he's saying, firstly, he doesn't want you to be uninformed. This is important stuff for you to get your head around and think through and to know what is coming. And what it seems to be is that those who who die in Christ, Christians, um, who've passed away before Jesus returns, they will kind of come with Jesus in his return um, but then they'll be resurrected, so that they'll sort of they'll, they'll get their their bodies back, and then those who are still alive at the return of Jesus, they will then ca- be caught up together with them in the clouds to, to meet the Lord. Um, and it seems to be that so the idea of being sort of um, with Jesus, but only with your soul with Jesus in heaven is is not the end. It actually at the the final day, you'll be reunited with a, a resurrected body. And then those who are still alive with their resurrected bodies will, will come together to, to sort of worship and enjoy Jesus in the clouds. Um, that, that's sort of the, the picture, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. If, if it was as simple as just, I'm going to die and go to heaven, mm. then you'd think Paul would say, hey, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who have died. Like, they're in heaven. It's great. That's it. But he doesn't tell you that, like, it's, it's kind of sorted already. He points forward to this future thing. He's saying there is hope. Mm. But the hope is that one day Jesus will return, and at that point, the dead in Christ will be raised, and then they get to be with the Lord forever. Mm. So it's interesting. If, when you die, your soul gets to be with Jesus, and so you are with the Lord. But there's also this sense in which it's only at the resurrection, when we are restored to physical life, mm. that we will be with the Lord in that final, ultimate, glorified way that we will be forever, that we're looking forward to. So what comes yeah. when you die and go to be with Jesus seems to be a good thing. But it, in a sense, it pales in comparison to what's going to happen when our souls, our souls are reunited with our bodies at the resurrection. Mm. And I think we've been talking to this point about what happens to Christians when they die. 
Um, it's, it's also worth noting at this point um, that that's, that's not the only thing, obviously, that the Scriptures recognise is that not everybody will die in Christ. And, uh, and I think I talked about this on, in Sunday's sermon. Um, in John chapter 5, Jesus um, talks about it's not just resurrection for believers, but it's resurrection for, for everyone. Um, those who, those, Jesus says in, in chapter 5 of John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, he says um, that those who, who've uh, done what is good will, will rise to everlasting life, while those who've done what is wicked will rise to everlasting judgment. And so um, it's, it's actually, there'll, there'll be resurrection for all, um, and it's a question of your, your response to, to Jesus that will determine um, what your experience of resurrection will be, whether it will be that, that glory and joy with, with Jesus for eternity, or whether it will be... Uh, the, the horror and uh, just distress of uh, resurrection for judgment and so um, yeah it's an embodied future for, for all whether they're in Christ or, or not that's right yeah and I guess what we're trying to get at is there's this there's this note of, of longing and and it's not yet final so when you die and your soul goes to be with Jesus we're really hanging out for that final bodily resurrection because it's so significant another place where you can see that in Revelation Chapter 6, there's this vision of what's going on in heaven. And chapter 6, verse 9, uh, the Lamb opens the fifth seal. And John sees under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. And they, those souls, they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? And then each of them gets given a white robe and they're told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants so are martyred just as they were. Mm. So you see here these, these, these souls who are pictured there in heaven with Jesus, they've died for the gospel, but they're not satisfied. They're not in the state of you know eternal contentment and, and glory yet. They're, they're hanging out. They're waiting. They're waiting for the final day of judgment when God will, will bring the, the, the final verdict and, and, and yeah, what they're looking forward to is resurrection, the day when... The dead will be raised to that resurrection of, of judgment. That mm. some will be judged to be in Christ and saved, and some judged to be out of Christ and to go to condemnation. But whichever way that happens, what they're looking forward to is the final resurrection of the day. It's all going to happen. Yeah, and and I guess um, so. So we're looking forward to the resurrection. But it's worth saying at this point that the the resurrection of the body is not just your old body kind of uh, given a jump start and kind of kicked back into life. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 is probably the other um, passage that's worth sort of bringing into our discussion on all this uh, where, where where Paul talks at length about about the resurrection and, and how important it is and he's got lots to say about resurrection probably more than we've got time to talk about this afternoon but there's a couple of verses in um, in verses 42 to 44 um, which I think are really worth um, sort of pondering on um, where he talks about uh, the resurrection of the dead, and he says that the body that is sown is sown perishable, uh, but it is raised imperishable. It, it's sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body, and it's raised a spiritual body. And I think what Paul is saying here is that on the day when you rise from the dead, when Jesus does call your, you up from the grave, um, it will be you, and I, like you know, I'll see you, Jack, and I'll be like, hey, it's Jack, and you'll see me, and you'll be like, hey, it's Sam. But it, it's not just the Jack and Sam exactly as we are. It's us now glorified um, and, and in sort of raised in power and glory and honour 
Um, and with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I think is, is what's going on there in verse 44. Um, for all, for, for just a, a, an experience of, of, of embodied life that is far more glorious than it currently is. Um, my, my current body gets sick and will die and will break down, but my future body, my, my glorious heavenly body, um, will have none of those imperfections and will ultimately be perfectly fit for the new creation with, with none of the, the failings of my, my current body. Yeah, nice. So maybe at this point we're at a, in a position to sum up a little bit. So mm. to answer to that question, you know, what, what's going to happen when we die? Where do we go? There's two answers. Uh, your body will go into the ground, uh, but your soul will go to be with Jesus. And as good as that will be to go and be with the Lord Jesus, man, I can't wait. How good is that going to be? 100%. Even that is not the final state of how good it's going to be because even in that state, where there's, there's something unnatural. Our souls will be separated from our bodies and that's not the way we were created to be. We're, we're, even then, we're going to be looking forward to this last day when our glorious Lord will return in His glory and all those who have died will be raised to new life. Some to the judgment of everlasting destruction but some to everlasting life. Mm. We'll be raised with these glorious, incorruptible, imperishable bodies, the way that, yeah, far, you know, far beyond what we can even imagine, seems to be what Paul's getting out there. That's we'll it. We'll be in this final state of glory for all time with Jesus forever. And that physical resurrection with him, that's really what we're hanging out for. 100%, yeah. Um, so I guess it's probably worth doing a couple of implications as we wrap it up. Um, this has been really helpful to sort of step through what, what the scripture says on all this. Um, uh, I think on the one hand, it shows you just how important um, your body is. Um, uh, your body is not just uh, sort of incidental to to who you are. It's not you're not going to be leaving it behind and just enjoying the spiritual version of you forever. Um, your your body is really really important, um, which is one of the things that that um, Paul talks about in one Corinthians six. He says um, your body is, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and therefore honor God with your body. Uh, it, it's a very important thing. So what you do with your body, what you do to your body, um, it, it is ultimately it's not yours. It's 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 God's gift to you. So honor God with it um, in the way that you. Uh, and one Corinthians six talks about sexual immorality, um, but but we can broaden that to just generally that the, the use of your body needs to be uh, in such a way that you honour God with with uh, this part of yourself. Yeah, and another side to it, maybe more positively, is how good is it to be a physical creature? We don't have to you know imagine as some people do that like oh you know the physical stuff that stuff's not really important or worthwhile you know. There's some people out there who will say, yeah, you know, life is really about like the spiritual side of thing and it's about denying the body and, you know, you're living this really like austere life as a, you know, like you think of the old monks who would go around on just, you know, crawling along the floorboards and eating nothing but gruel or whatever it is. Like, you know, deny yourself every physical pleasure because that's what will make the, the spiritual real part of life really pop for you yeah but that's not that's not biblical christianity at all mm. the, the world that god has made and the body he's given us and the physical world we're in they're all good things yeah we get to enjoy you know walking on the beach and feeling the sand between your teeth your, your teeth sorry that's, that's sand you between your teeth talking. yeah <laughs> maybe if you're uh, if you're six months old at the beach that's uh, you're, you've had kids you i know where you're at <laughs> <laughs> yeah oscar had a, a mouthful of sand two days ago so probably <laughs> in mind. um same between your toes. toes, yeah. Um, yeah, we get to experience the, the joy of being physical people together, like, you know, shaking someone else's hand or 
giving them a hug. I mean, really, how much are we grieving the loss of that in mm. this pandemic season that we don't get to enjoy that just bodily reality of life together? Yeah. I mean, even that, there's good things there. I mean, we know at the same time, like we said before, that this world in its present state is still uh, under bondage. It's, it's in captivity. It's, it's under the, the curse of sin. So we know that sometimes bodily reality isn't that great. Like if you're struggling with sickness, if you've got some sort of long-term disease, like that's mm. that's a, a real uh, grief and a tragedy of uh, our physical life now. But as we've seen, 1 Corinthians 15 gives us this hope that one day we're going to have restored, glorified, uh, perfect bodies that are going to be far greater than anything we have now. Mm. So it means that our hope is not just about uh, being liberated from this this you know, physical jail cell that is my body. No, I'm looking forward to one day having a perfect body where, you know, backs will never ache and mm. all sickness will be gone forever. Like, it won't just be liberation, it'll be restoration. This, mm. this renewed thing the way it's meant to be. 100%, yeah. Um, that's encouraging. So that, that's what we're looking forward to. That's our future hope, um, not just with Jesus in a sort of soul state uh, in this in-between age, but, but the return of Christ when the dead will be raised and will be raised in glory with him. That, that's our ultimate hope. And that's, that's why Easter is so good because it looks forward to, it, it celebrates the first fruits of that, that Jesus has risen um, as assurance that one day we will all rise and, uh, and we are desperately looking forward to that. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. All right. Well, uh, this week, Jack, uh, that's sort of it for, for today's episode. Um, this weekend, uh, where are we heading uh, in, in God's Word this weekend? Yeah, we're heading into 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, and really, we're this is a, a helpful segue in some ways. We've been considering personal eschatology in this podcast episode. 2 Peter chapter 3 is really about the big picture of mm. eschatology. We think about the last things, what's going to happen at the end of this age when Jesus returns. We're going to have a look at what that will be like for our world, what it's going to be like for our, our, our yeah, the human race as a whole. Uh, there are some people who are scoffing and you know laughing at the idea that Jesus will ever come back. We're going to see what uh, that day will look like when mm. Jesus does finally return. Yeah, that's going to be good. So Andrew Robson's taking us through that on uh, on St Paul's Online on Sunday, start of two Peter three. It'd be great to read that passage before church on Sunday and get your head thinking about that. Um, and uh, yeah, get ready for, for Zoom and for Church Online this weekend. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be taking questions again for next week and looking forward to it. Should be good. Okay, well, that's it for today. Um, keep sending questions in, keep texting them. Um, numbers on the screen each week, and we love hearing from you. We love wrestling with your questions. So thanks to those who've asked them. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we won't see you on Sunday, but we'll see you, inverted commas. Um, online and uh, yeah look forward to going further into God's word yeah we'll talk to you then farewell bye bye